The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. Rainmaker FM. Welcome back to The Writer Files. I'm your host, Kel Reed, here to take you on yet another tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of renowned writers to learn their secrets. International best-selling sci-fi and thriller novelist and screenwriter Blake Crouch took time out this week from his busy schedule to talk to me about his mind-bending new book, Dark Matter, and adapting his work for both film and television. The hybrid author has penned more than a dozen novels that have been translated into over 30 languages, and his short fiction has appeared in numerous publications. In addition to having his Wayward Pines trilogy adapted into a number one hit TV show by Fox, Blake wrote the screenplay for his latest novel, Dark Matter, for Sony Pictures. He also recently co-created Good Behavior, a TNT show based on his novellas starring Michelle Dockery. His novel, Dark Matter, was described by the New York Times as an alternate universe science fiction countdown thriller, and best-selling sci-fi author Andy Weir called it an exciting and geniusly plotted adventure about love, regret, and quantum superposition. In part one of this file, Blake and I discuss the power of self-publishing for a traditionally published author, why in-depth research is so critical for creating believable fiction, the importance of outlining for a best-selling author and screenwriter, and how the right soundtrack can boost your creativity. If you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. This episode of The Writer Files is brought to you by Audible. I'll have more on their special offer later in the show, but if you love audiobooks or you've always wanted to give them a try, you can check out over 180,000 titles right now at audibletrial.com rainmaker. And I am rolling today on the podcast, a very special guest, Blake Crouch, best-selling novelist, screenwriter, short story writer, international best-selling author of Wayward, the Wayward Pines trilogy, and most recently, Dark Matter. Thanks for uh, popping on to talk with us about your process. My pleasure. I understand uh, this new one is getting just so much uh, positive energy behind it you're already kind of i think working on a screenplay for sony is that right yeah i just uh turned that screenplay in uh, not too long ago actually that's cool to hear um i'm always interested in uh authors who uh adapt their their writing for the screen uh, i'm thinking specifically of another author who came on to chat with me emma donahue who uh uh wrote uh room which was which was a fantastic and award-winning 
Uh, Love both that book. A, both a book and a movie. I, I hope you saw the movie because the movie is very, very moving uh, adaptation. But she wrote that one. So uh, are you are you excited about this process? Are you nervous? I like the process. Um, this is my first time wading into the feature waters. Up until now, yeah. all of my work in adaptation has been in television, in Wayward Pines, and in this new show that's coming out in November from TNT called Good Behavior. Ooh. This is the first time I've jumped into these uh, feature film waters. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a new experience. Yeah, well, Dark Matter, it seems tailor-made for this uh, jump to the big screen. It's um, described as an alt-universe sci-fi countdown thriller. I mean, it's it's truly compelling writing, um, definitely some high-concept stuff. So what else are you working on at the moment? Now that you've got this screenplay in, do you have, do you have other uh, projects just lined up? We just finished uh, the first season of Good Behavior, and you know we're in this sort of in-between place trying to decide if we're going to have a third season of Wayward Pines or not. On the book side, I'm just in that stage of trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Yeah. And that, for me, is always the most exhilarating and some days depressing, some days so thrilling process because, you know, you're, you know, to start writing a book, you're making a two-year commitment and beyond, yeah. uh, you know, especially if it becomes a television show or a movie. And, you know, finding that right idea is, it's so elusive. And I was just talking with a friend and, and it almost compares to getting married to an idea. Mm-hmm. Like you're signing this prenup, kind of. You're being like, you know, <laughs> it's probably not going to work out. Yeah, <laughs> We're probably going to go our separate ra- ways and I'm going to write something else. But, you know, for now, let's just see how this goes. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm in that stage uh, with, with a new book and, cool. um, and trying to, to figure out, is this the one? Yeah, yeah. Well, congrats on all of your successes. Um, you know, I mean, I'm kind of interested in, in the origin of you know, going from a self-published uh, author, you know, you're kind of a hybrid author, I think. You, you, do, you do both self-publishing and, and um, now traditional publishing. Going from self-published author to now, uh, you know, in-demand uh, uh, Hollywood uh, screen, screenwriter and scribe. Can you tell us a little bit about the journey, just kind of sure. the inception of, you know, yeah. kind, of, kind of how you got here? <laughs> well, I actually started in traditional publishing back in 2004 with St. Martin's Press. That was actually my first published book, uh, this horror thriller called Desert Places. And I published with St. Martin's until I think 2010. But during that period of time, none of these books were really blowing up. And I felt like a lot of writers did back in those days before digital publishing was an option. I felt like I was in the dark. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what they were doing for the books. And it, it, it just, it's, it's insecurity making is what it is. And yeah. I was having a lot of, of difficulty seeing how I was going to continue this path indefinitely as a, as a writer. And, you know, each book was sort of subsequently selling less and less. And I could see kind of the writing on the wall and Uh, Yeah, I was like, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, 
a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. And then in 2007, Amazon released the Kindle and shortly thereafter, the Kindle digital text platform, KDP, as, as we know it now. And I, on a lark, did this experiment with a friend of mine named Joe Conrath, where we published this short story called Serial, and we made it free on Kindle. And it hit number one on, in the store. And back in those days, the Kindle store was, there was no distinction between free or paid. It was just all thrown into one thing. And it hit number yeah. one, and we just gave away a ton of books. And I was like, wow the power of self-publishing is real. And I suddenly had all this control over my own destiny. And I got really lucky in terms of timing because I, at this point in time, had gotten the rights back to some of those novels that St. Martin's had published. And so I had some content to actually put up on KDP. And I published Desert Places and Locked Doors, and they started to do really well. And nice. I published all these short stories I had been uh, selling to magazines in a collection and individually, and those started doing well. And I, at this point, I was still holding on to the dream of, of a big publishing deal, but I had this novel run, which I was really excited about. And it was the first kind of big idea book I had ever tackled, but we couldn't sell it anywhere. And my agent at the time said, you know, I mean, what do you want to do? Do you want to keep trying to sell this to New York? And I said, nope, let's go ahead and stop doing that. I'm going to try to self-publish this. And I self-published Run in February of 2011, and it did really well. It just raced up the charts. People responded very positively to it. And off the heat of that publication, I got a call from Amazon Publishing. You know, they had 
seeing what was happening in the in the Kindle universe, and Amazon Publishing was created to start collecting the stuff that was getting the most attention and and try to publish it themselves. And I liked the idea of working with a publisher inside of Amazon that could pull all of those levers that were so powerful for marketing eBooks. And I signed up with uh, Thomas and Mercer and my first book or second book with them was uh, the first book in the Weird Pines trilogy. Mm. Pines. Yeah, so yeah. I went and, and I published the Weird Pines trilogy with them and that we sold the TV rights and that exploded and got crazy. And then mm-hmm. it came around time for dark matter and you know, Life is weird that way. We will be right back after a very short break. Thanks so much for listening to The Writer Files. This episode of The Writer Files is brought to you by Audible. Offering over 180,000 audiobook titles to choose from, Audible seamlessly delivers the worlds of both fiction and nonfiction to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or computer. For Rainmaker FM listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check them out. Grab your free audiobook right now by visiting audibletrial.com rainmaker. I just hopped over there to grab Stephen King's epic novel, 112263, about an English teacher who goes back in time to prevent the assassination of JFK. You can download your pick or any other audiobook free by heading over to audibletrial.com rainmaker. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com rainmaker. All signs pointed to the right move being going back to traditional publishing for dark matter. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd had a lot of success in, in the digital world with Wayward Pines and with, um, you know, my self-published stuff. But, you know, Though everyone kept saying it, print was not dead, or maybe it was fading, <laughs> but print was hanging around out there. Yeah. still see hardcovers everywhere, uh, and I wanted my book in airport stores. I wanted the actual hardcover out everywhere, because you know, every hardcover is a billboard for your book. So went back to uh, Crown with, uh, with Dark Matter. So I was traditionally published, self-published, published by Amazon, which is, I think, somewhere in between, and then back to... Uh, New York publishing. But right now, I still control a, a, a large chunk of my catalog and I self publish that, my backlist. I have my Weird Pine series and uh, with Amazon Publishing, and they're doing good behavior as well. And I have uh, Dark Matter with Crown. So I feel that's a good diversification of uh, formats and, and methods of publishing. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you're truly prolific. And um, congrats on all, all of the success, man. It's really cool to see. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I mean, I'd love to dig into your, to your productivity. And, you know, it's uh, kind of interesting to me that this most recent one, Dark Matter, that Andy Weir, another guest on the show, called Exciting and Geniusly Plotted, an adventure story about love, regret, and quantum superposition, which you don't hear very often. Um, (laughs) But it seems like, you know, it seems like quite a bit of research went into this one. Can you tell us a little bit maybe about your process as you're working on a bigger piece like that? Well, I've been wanting to write about uh, quantum mechanics for like a decade. I mean, this was going back into my traditionally traditionally published days. But I mean, quantum mechanics is so cerebral and convoluted and complicated that every time I got excited about it, I would start to do research and just become demoralized because I felt like I didn't understand it. (laughs) So while all this other stuff was kind of going on in my 
professional life, I would consistently come back to the idea of writing a thriller with quantum mechanics at its core. And I would read articles and I would study um, everything I could find that I could understand. Just building this um, body of knowledge about this field of science. And when I finished Weird Pines and I was starting to try to figure out what my next idea was going to be, you know, that sort of, uh, are we going to get married or not phase? I came back to this quantum mechanics thriller concept and I, I finally felt like I had done enough of the research and, and at least knew enough about the general concepts to uh, take a swing at it. Yeah, yeah. So kind of the the incubation phase was working in the background as you were, as you were working on some other projects, I imagine. And then you had the illumination that you were ready to, exactly. to get it in there. That's cool. So um, before you kind of crack your knuckles and get working, uh, do you have any pregame rituals to get you kind of in the mode for writing? Hmm. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, I mean, when I start a book, when I start an idea, the first thing I do is I, I'll, you know, buy a journal and spend several months. I mean, sometimes six months just taking notes on the idea, taking notes on various characters. Um, I mean, it's very free form. It's, it's kind of like just improvisation until you finally land on something that you think is worth expanding out. Um, I have, you know, like with dark matter, I think I have three or four journals of, of notes on that one. Wow. Just and, and the early stages are like all these other ideas that I was contemplating at the time. And yeah. it's interesting to go back and look at those. And I very distinctly see where certain key characters or plot turns or themes were hinted at in those pages. And it's almost just like a conversation I'm having with myself, part trying to psych myself up to write the book, part trying to just explore all the ideas that are at any given time or uh, bouncing around in my head because mm. I do think if you keep coming back to a certain idea or these sort of subconscious things that that keep haunting you as a writer that it means something and it means it's the book that you're probably supposed to write next and you know it's just kind of have to tune into that frequency and figure out what it is for sure I mean in terms of the actual are you kind of asking what my actual writing day looks like when I'm yeah oh yeah absolutely cruising along um I go back and forth between some days trying to get 500 words, some days trying to get 1,000 words. Just depends on how it's feeling and, you know, other things that are happening in my life at that moment. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. By the time I sit down to start writing, I'll generally have journaled enough that I, I have a pretty good sense of the first act, less of a sense of the second act, and uh, some notions about the third. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll... The first hundred pages usually comes fairly easily, and as I'm writing those hundred pages and you know knocking down five hundred to a thousand words a day, I'm still starting to think about 
what comes next and trying to um, start sketching out at least a, a general structure so that when I, you know, break into the second act, I, I don't have to come to a standstill and, and, and figure it out. Yeah. Um, well, I imagine as both a TV producer and a screenwriter that, you know, you're changing modes from time to time. Do you, do you are you a morning guy, evening guy? Uh, do you do a little bit of each? How do you, how do you kind yeah. of, how do you break that up in your in your brain anyway? I really like writing in the mornings just because if I get my writing done like by noon, yeah. if I've if I've gotten gotten my word count knocked out, I feel good about myself for the rest of the day. Sure, like everything else is gravy. If I'm in the you know midst of writing a book and I don't start writing until the late in the afternoon, there's this anxiety like i'm not going to hit my words and i start feeling kind of about myself and like oh well you, you wasted your day and <laughs> yeah you did a bunch of phone calls about other things but phone calls aren't writing and it just is always better for me if i can uh get my writing done before lunchtime yeah absolutely so um are you a writer who can stick on headphones or do you prefer kind of quiet while you're getting your words in I can't listen to any music with words, uh, with singing or any kind of lyrics while I'm writing. Um, generally, I like silence, but for a lot of dark matter, I would uh, stream Hans Zimmer, especially uh, <laughs> the soundtrack yes. he did for Inception and Interstellar. Oh, man. And those, I actually built a soundtrack of, uh, of, of music from, from films that I love that... Yeah somehow carry the spirit of what I thought Dark Matter was. I'd, like The Fountain, the, the Darren yeah. Hoff's film. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking. I think it's Clint something. I'm blanking on, on the composer. Mansell, yeah, totally. There it is. Um, uh, that is so that. awesome. Yeah, I, I, I kind of built a playlist for myself. That was the that was the score for, uh, for my book. That's so funny. You are not going to believe this, but I actually stuck on that uh, Inception soundtrack while I was reading your book. <laughs> just kind of had that. it humming in the background because it's one of my favorites to write yeah. to, but it's just so like atmospheric and creepy. Um, but it's not like overwhelmingly so. You know, it's that perfect kind of soundtrack music. That's that's amazing. That's really cool. And you're a fan of Christopher Nolan's work. Thanks so much for joining me for this half of a tour through the writer's process. If you enjoy the Writer Files podcast please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on iTunes to help other writers find us. For more episodes or to just leave a comment or a question, you can drop by writerfiles.fm and you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.